Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom. I'm here with Toasty, as usual. Toasty, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty chill. Uh, And then we've got the rest of our group here today because it's time for our patron chat. It's the end of August already. I don't know how that happened. Uh, But here we are. We've got Ben of Tamaria, Genesis, and Mormon Milkman. Welcome to the three of you. I'm so glad to have you guys back. And today we will be discussing when we fell in love with The Witcher. And not specifically Geralt, although I guess you could have fallen in love with Geralt, but the Witcher universe and and the games or the books or the show or whatever. What is your story for how you first discovered this, the series, and what was it about it that really clicked? What was your first moment of realization that you were like, oh, this is a freaking awesome thing and I think I love it? And so that's that's our uh, show for today. And hopefully we uh, get some really cool stories out of you guys. Or maybe it'll be super mundane. You'll just be like, yeah, I just played a game. and It was cool. So either way, who would like to kick us <laughs> kick this off? Who wants to start us off with your story? Anybody interested in going first? I can pick somebody. I can't. No, uh, yeah. Jen? Either way works. Jen, yeah, start us off. Start us story. off. How did you discover The Witcher? So I had just got and built up my first gaming pc and i was like oh i want to play one of these first person rpgs because up until that point i had never really played them my console gaming background is more of like fighter styles and stuff like that so street fighter tekken uh wow you know stuff like that i didn't and know that about like, you okay you were you were like a like competitive fighter gamer Yes, uh, not competitively though. But Never like, got that good but like it, competitive, but yeah. you know, like mano y mano, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. Ryu and you're Ken, and I'm gonna punch you in the face. Yeah, so that was that was totally what the games that I love to play. And then I was like, okay, I want one that's like a storyline game, but I still need a good fighting characteristic to it i don't want to be like oh some frilly little magic caster the whole time because that's <laughs> not the style of play that i had done before uh-huh. and, and so what, was like, what year I was this up, what when was this like what console generation oh well i mean i've had a console since the snes right but when like when I, did you hit this moment of like oh i want to try something else new was this are we talking oh, like when which? i got my when i got my pc in like 2006 2007 okay gotcha gotcha so okay yeah, so we're like this is like Witcher One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been yeah, I fell in love with Witcher One because it really was one of the first actual RPG games I was able to sink my teeth into. And while trying to play it today, the fighting style is very clunky. The combat system is very janky, but it kind of was like what I needed to get into the whole world of RPGs. Yeah, the mechanics of The Witcher 1 are very specific because you choose a fighting style and then there's even like timing on when you click certain things in order to pull off certain kinds of attacks. So I could see Mm -hmm. how coming from like a fighting game background where you have to use combinations of like buttons in order to do certain kinds of things, how that kind of translates similarly into that combat style. Like, yeah, there's kind of a it's it's not exactly the same thing, but there's kind of a similar soul to it 
if if you think it's not mm-hmm. just jamming on your attack button and doing a bunch of pirouettes and chopping up monsters right it's you had to be very right? intentional about the what quick buttons time events made it so that way it felt like i was still playing one of my fighting games but i now had a storyline to go with it and then all of a sudden it's like wow okay there are actually characters that i can interact with storyline that i can learn a plot that i can sink into and then i sunk into tris for the first time and i was like bam the little pop the card pops up and i was like witcher you are my game nice nice and Geralt in that one is way more in line with the way he looks in the books like mm-hmm. he's kind of ugly he's got the cat eyes he's got kind of this really skinny face with like the pale complexion and the white hair and the scars and some of that stuff is still similar but in if you look at pictures of him from that game compared to pictures of say the third game or Henry Cavill who's you know ridiculously handsome <laughs> it's it's very different so i feel like there's a little bit of a hurdle there with like he's not a typical handsome protagonist and even at the beginning of that game tris is kind of whiny and she mm-hmm. she doesn't really match very well with the tris that we get later or the tris that we know from the books um she's she's kind of got this like almost like pretentious valley girl thing going on did you find that stuff to be a bit of a hurdle? And then, and then you like, as the story progressed, you like, you know, character arcs and things, you started to acclimate a little bit more. Um, I think I kind of went into it with such an open mind about it that I didn't try to build any notions on who I liked and who I didn't like. Cause I was like, you know, it was, it was the cute girl in the video game. So of mm-hmm. course I was going to end up liking her. And so that's how that went for a while. And then, I think it wasn't until much, much later, I want to say almost 10 years or so before I even started reading the books. And then, you know, it's playing Witcher 2 and then 3 and then the books, the TV series. I've bought a few of the TTRPG books, but I haven't and I've read them. I just haven't actually played in a game of them. Yeah, I haven't done one of the TTRPG playthroughs yet. Um, I don't I just don't have that many people around that would be into it, but. It would be fun to do that. Toasty, do you have any questions for Jen? Any thoughts on entering through? I mean, you've obviously been a fan of the series for a long time. What do you think, Toasty? Any questions? Uh, none that I can think of. I think <laughs> cool. Ben had his hand raised. You ben? wanted to say something? Yeah, let's open this up. Who else has questions, Ben? Oh, uh, it's not like questions, but like the TTRPG is fun. The combat's mm. interesting. And that's all I will say, because it's like you designate like specific body parts to target oh okay so it's part of the mechanics rather than in like dnd saying like oh i just want to do like uh i just want to hit him in the leg and try and knock him over like there's actually mechanics for it you know dnd like your hit points is the whole entire your character right where in witcher in the ttrpg the each limb has health pools so say if you take enough damage in your right arm and it your arm gets cut off or like if you deal enough damage to the head they're instantly killed yeah it's instead of like the full one giant pool of hp it's like divided up yeah it's it's still a d20 system or is it d10 it's a d10 i think it's, it's a d10 it uses uh, only like it's four a, or it's five a D10. dice. D10, yeah. Because you can buy specific, like, they sell the Witcher TTRPG, like, dice sets, and it's like six dice instead of the seven. I haven't played I think it's the same as, like, Cyberpunk, where it's like a D10 for, like, 
making checks on a d6 for damages. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, cool. they're all both made by our tutorial. So, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Um, any other questions for Jen on this? She's, she got into it real early. Not a lot of people played that first Witcher game. Like, it enough people played it that it was notable and uh, they talked about it on gaming podcasts and things like that. But in the whole scheme of things, like it's a drop in the, in an, in the ocean compared to the numbers that's two and then eventually three sold. So to be somebody who was like, I was in on it from the beginning is pretty rare. Cool, cool. All right. Who wants to go next? Ben or Mormon? Mormon Milkman. Mormon's saying Ben Ben goes next. <laughs> I go next. Mine's just a repeat from the first patron episode. Well, that's, a, that's all right, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, so, but, but what like, was what? Like, give us your story. Recap your story again. But like, is there a specific moment? Like, was there a point where like something happened and you were just like, "Oh, this is even more awesome than I thought it was." That's that's part of yeah. what I'm looking for. Like, if you want to expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so I got into it with uh it was back when i was in high school so it was like 2011 i think okay uh, i went to a friend's house he was playing witcher 2 and i was just watching gameplay and he let me have the controller and it's like okay this is interesting combat this is interesting stuff then he was telling me it's like this is the second game um there's the first one but it's pc only and i was like oh okay so sort of like just dabbled and played a little bit of it and it's like this is a lot of fun so I went home, looked up the first game, bought it, and I actually have like a CD-ROM yeah. version of The Witcher 1. Yeah, that's how um, old it is. You could buy it on CD. Yeah. And uh, I used it on my old crappy computer that I used to have and played through all that. And it's like, wow, this this is an interesting story. Um, and then I, w- I had a 360. And you, the second one was only 360 and PC. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and played it on the 360, played through that one. And I think it was like halfway through the second game, I found out it's based off a book series. And it's like, oh, so there's even more. So like, I was already falling in love with the games by like this going through like halfway through Witcher 2. And it's like, this is a really good story. This is like different for a fantasy because it's much darker than what like traditional fantasy is. I mean, you have Lord of the Rings, but like it's Lord of the Rings has dark points, but that's not like, witcher style where everything is just downhill death right right and like nothing ever seems like what it is and when it does right. seem like things are going well things always turn around and things get worse and oh, yeah where you know lord of the rings is complete opposite oh there's a happy ending yeah there's, there's hope that, there's yeah there's, there's, hope, there's happiness things get real dark witcher, but there's yeah, always a light that. yeah yeah <laughs> so like when I found out there was a book series, that's when I started, like, I started reading the, all the books. Um, and I was still in high school then. So, like, by the time I graduated and all that, I, like, I read majority of all the books by then. Mm-hmm. And during my graduation, or a couple years after I graduated, Witcher 3 drops. And, like, it, my horizons <laughs> expanded more than that. Like, right. and, you know, it became my persona at that point. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you were introduced when you saw a friend playing Witcher two, right mm-hmm. now, was there a moment 
uh it, it was was there a moment in that what like engaging with that that you like stands out to you that you're like oh this seems it like because it, when it, you it compelled you to buy the, the first one so it must have been interesting right because he was at the point where you're in flotsam and you fight the um it's essentially a kraken um, yeah okay yeah yeah the big monster yeah yeah and i like just watching that and like playing through that and i was like oh my god this is like i've never played i mean, I played dragon age i played massive i played kotor I, like i played all a bunch of rpgs but like this was like oh my god this is nothing i've ever played before and mm-hmm. i think that's where it really hooked and it's like okay this guy's a complete badass and who just goes around kale monsters and redheads so so <laughs> right <laughs> yeah for those of you who haven't played tris is kind of the main uh romantic character in the first two games uh yep. yeah and doesn't even show up till the third one um <laughs> yeah i remember i remember getting into the second one and being like uh, at the time the graphics were mind-blowing like mm-hmm. they clearly were you know at the edge of whatever it is they were doing with design and you know game design and character models and textures and those kinds of things and feeling like oh my god this looks really good in fact it looks really good that like gross stuff looks really gross (laughs) and pretty things look really pretty and like like that creates this really deep and interesting world i also thought it was really funny that so many of the commoners walked around wearing the equivalent of like diapers as pants did you you ever hit you as weird do you guys did you notice that? Like they all had these like white, like I don't know, peasant yeah. pants that looked like just big diapers. And something about that made me go, I feel like this is probably rooted in some historical thing. Like this might have been an actual article of clothing that people walked around in at some point. I don't know, but it felt foreign, right? It felt like kind of weird and foreign. And to me, that was really compelling about too. I don't know if that hit you the same way, Ben, but. That's that's yeah, what I remember. I say so. I mean, when I first started playing to my just by myself, and like the tutorial alone was like very engaging because you go into the arena uh, and to practice signs and sword fighting and all that, and I was like, oh wow, this is very engaging compared to turn-based combat I'm normally used to, um, and even well different than Witcher One because I played that right before it witcher one going into witcher two is very different yeah it's a lot more fluid like mm-hmm. fluid combat and if i remember right you don't even have to pick the the a stance or or the right no. weapon it no, just kind of automatically just, um, he just uses what he's supposed to use yeah yeah cool stuff all right toasty or anybody else have any other questions for ben was your friend into the fact that you got into the game um or were, were you more into it than they were? Like you, were- I, I got more into it than they were. Um, my friend was really big into, but he was in a bunch of other um, stuff like art and um, like fighting games and whatnot, like Mortal Kombat. He was a huge Mortal Kombat person. Um, but like, I I'm more. I was a heavily a lot more into the RPG stuff than he was, mm-hmm. and yeah. Witcher three, Witcher just became my persona. I mean, you go. I mean, I'll be at Ren Fair. Uh, our Ren, my Renaissance Fair starts this upcoming weekend. So prepare to see pictures of me in Witcher gear again. Yeah, yeah, that's always that's always cool. Um, 
Oh, so here's another fun question. For, and Jen, you can answer this too. When you think back to how you played those games, being that they are role-playing games, and then later on learned more about the universe and the books and Geralt's actual story and all of that, do you feel like you played Geralt the way that makes sense for who you learned Geralt actually was? Or do you feel like you played him differently? Because they give you the opportunity to kind of make any decision you want. Um, I... I would say I was more in line to how he probably would have behaved, except when you go into Witcher 3, where which romance you choose. I feel like most people would choose Yin, <laughs> which I don't. Right, so. right. Yeah, you're, you're the Trace guy. Yeah. She's, yeah. Just, she's more to- toxic than 3. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Toasty. <laughs> Jen? Yeah, I think along the same lines as Ben, uh, my decisions kind of aligned with what Geralt in the books ended up, well, he existed before I got there. But yeah, so after going back and reading the books, I kind of like, okay, yeah, I see the decisions that I made, how Geralt might have made the same of these. Um, So I I did a couple of really evil runs where I just was like, no unless you are a straight up human you're gonna die and so i don't think Geralt would have ever gone down those paths no i don't think i've so. played that way <laughs> wow yeah that's it's so interesting to think about role-playing a character that is like it would be like playing a star wars game where you get to be luke skywalker but you get to make all your choices but you'd never seen the movies or read any of the books about who like luke skywalker is and then you like go check that stuff out and you're like oh no I made him do terrible things. I didn't realize that was, but yeah, I feel like there's something about the way these games are developed that it's almost like it rewards you a little bit more with the way the story works. If you do things more in line with who Geralt in the books is like that, that that was always my sense in playing through that. It's almost like it's, it's not like it's better, but it, uh, you get more dynamic and interesting plot points. I think that's probably the way to put it. Especially oh. in three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like I, I'm trying to think of a decision. Um, well, a lot of times like the decisions where you spare like sentient monsters. Right. Typically it's those quests. If you spare them, you get something, a better out reward than you would, you know, just wiping them out. Right. And even a more interesting like story beat that plays off of that rather than, oh, you just killed the thing, got your reward, moved on. It's mm-hmm. like it plays out a little bit more and something then happens in the village when people found out that you didn't kill the monster or, you know, just kind of there's just more to it. It's like it just gives you more story. Mormon, do you wanted to chime yeah. in? So I didn't want to chime in. So you were talking about how, how when you make decisions that revolve around uh, his um, personality it rewards you more. When I was playing through three, which is the only one of the games I played. Um, the only things I really didn't do that I feel like he would have done is I was a bit more, I want to say submissive. I knelt to um, the king. I knelt to the black, the uh, dark king. I, um, in Toussaint, I bowed to the witch. Um, two things that I later learned he wouldn't do. He would not have bowed to either of those people. Um, I also didn't have as many nightly stays with women <laughs> as he probably would have right okay but in Toussaint when you can sleep with the duchess's sister in the dream realm that was the first time I had done something like that with, other than Yennefer 
And then I get the quote unquote bad ending of Toussaint. I don't want to spoil it. And then I get that bad ending. And I'm like, is this guy slept with a sister? (laughs) (laughs) So when you said that, it reminded me of like, oh, I do one thing Geralt would do. And all of a sudden this bad thing happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you you break Geralt's character the whole time and then you finally play into it. And then you're like, ah, crap. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. This is what I get for being like Geralt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. All right. Um, Ben, any other thoughts or anything else you want to share? Um, no, not that I can think of. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kratos in chat says need more Witcher schools. And and Ben, you chimed in that. Yeah. We, in the next game, we will be getting school of the links. So there's going to be more stuff. (laughs) Need bear (laughs) school of the bear. I will say, well, there is school of the bear in Witcher three. Yeah. But you don't Uh, get to, you you just play as Geralt. So you don't really get the chance to be that, but if you want to know more about Witcher school or get the TTRPG Griffin school, all their lore is from that. Yeah, yeah, they've expanded the universe. Uh, Artel Sorian has some, uh, and some that's why they haven't really made a content. new book yet. Oh, really? They did an update on their website stating it's like, oh, the reason we haven't talked about the Witcher TTRPG is because we're in close con, like, because them and um, Artel Sorian and CD Project mm-hmm. are in very close relations with each other with it, so they don't mess up lore, right? And because they have three new projects for the witcher there's like yep that's why we haven't made a new book yet because we want to make sure everything is right yeah i think it would also make sense to release them about the same time so you you kind of play off the same buzz mm-hmm. people are like oh i've got the new game the new you know video game i want to play the new rpg like ttrpg with my friends because you kind of get into a thing and then you just want to do more of that you know so it makes sense for two reasons right they don't want to spoil the lore and they probably sell more um so yeah well that's cool that's cool yeah uh are you guys still playing the game app that's a really it interesting got question shut down yeah no <laughs> it got canceled no yeah it's it's not around anymore it didn't do too well because it was behind the curve of ar games yeah it launched way too late i think to get Sorry, in on that and then pandemic and then people stopped going out of their houses so yeah that was kind of a problem too all right. Well, tell you what, why don't we take a quick break and go thank our patrons and we'll come back and we'll hear from Mormon Milkman about when he fell in love with the Witcher. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right, this is the middle of the show, and we get to thank our patrons here. And we don't have any new patrons this week, but we do have our current patrons, including our higher vampires who get shoutouts every week, including Ben of Tamaria and Jared M. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, if you are interested in joining the Patreon, helping to support the show, getting ad-free episodes and T-shirts, and joining us for monthly chats like this, head over to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast for more information about all that stuff. Also, we got a new review in this week. Toasty, did you see this review pop up? It's a, it's a good one. 
I had not, no. Yeah, this one's from uh, Lubin's 98 in Great Britain, who writes, new favorite podcast, LOL. Massive Witcher nerd here and absolutely love your podcast. Discovered you through the Fallout Lorecast, but The Witcher 3 is probably my favorite game of all time. I think I've, uh, I think I've, this is my sixth play. I think this is my sixth playthrough. I think it was a typo through though. I'm starting because of listening to this podcast, listening to a couple episodes every day when I'm at work to try catch up. LOL was wondering if you guys would cover some of the weird religions and gods that are mentioned in the Witcher. E.g. the eternal fire prophet of, uh, Labioda. Ibiota? I don't know if that's an L or an I. I don't remember. Do you remember that word? No. It's an L? Lebiota. Lebiota. Uh, apologize if you guys have already done one and I've missed it. Keep up the good work. Lewis from Scotland. Well, thank you, Lewis. Um, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. Uh, I don't know if there's a ton of information about that stuff, but it definitely would be worth going over maybe in a group of them uh, in an episode. So thanks for writing in and uh, for leaving that review. And if you'd like to get your words on the show, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts will be read out in the future. And you can also rate the show on Spotify and whatever other platform you listen to this on. All right, that's going to do it for the mid-break. Let's move on with the rest of the show. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, we're back. And Mormon Milkman, you're up. When did you when did you get into The Witcher and what made you fall in love with it? All right, just to start off, when you were saying Leviota, it took all the willpower in my body to not click unmute and just scream into the mic. It's Leviota. Yeah, they spelled it L-O-B-I-B-O-D-A. But then that font makes the L and the I look the same, you know? So it was well, like... I was making- Leviosa. Leviosa. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, um, so uh, this is one of those things when people write stuff, you never know if it's spelled exactly the way it is, especially when it's a weird uh, word. But no, I'm, I just make terrible jokes. Yeah, Leviosa. I love how big her mouth gets in the first movie because they're all so little, and when she talks, her she opens her mouth a whole lot, and I think that's hilarious. <laughs> all right. Well. To answer your question, um, funny enough, I've only been like a, compared to these guys, I didn't really get involved in anything revol- involving the Witcher till about two years, till about two years ago. Okay. So I'm fairly new. So I would say about January of 2022, January or December of 2022. It was, it was during peak season at UPS, obviously. But, um, oh yeah, you are wearing a UPS shirt. That's, I didn't even notice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I literally got home from work like five minutes before I joined. So, (laughs) okay. But, um, about two years, two years ago, I was actually listening to another podcast and they cover lore and they were talking about the lore of the Witcher. And I'm like, oh yeah, the Witcher has all this stuff about it. So I listened to it and, um, they talking about the witcher they talked about how the witcher has a ton of like monsters and what would today be considered cryptids and i'm huge into cryptozoology like wendigos bigfoot yowie um uh uh, mingans all that kind of stuff i'm in love with that stuff so i figured hey i'm gonna look into witcher so i actually listened to the first couple episodes of your guys's podcast about two years ago Mm -hmm. so um, I'm like, okay, uh, this is cool. And I kind of fell off it for a couple weeks, 
but then I really wanted to get a new game because um, uh, uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West was coming out like two weeks from this point. And I'm like, I can't wait. I need to get (laughs) something to tide you over. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I've played enough of the original. I need something else that's like close combat close co- because I enjoy using the spear and doing stealth missions in the horizon series. Mm-hmm. Like I need something that's a bit more close combat, like adventure style decision-making kind of game. And that would drew me to the Witcher three. And I played the Witcher three. And that was when I knew I was hooked was um, when you, when you kill that first Griffin and it gives you the bestiary and you just oh. get to read and you just get to read about this creature. And right. I did you not know, like, the first week playing The Witcher, I probably got like 50-ish hours, maybe about 10 less, maybe about 10 more, I don't know. But probably about half of that was me sitting there re- reading bestiaries and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm like, wow, The Witcher's great. Then kind of it evolved before I even finished the game. I'm like, wait, Witcher's a TV show. So I watched the first episode of a TV show. Then I then I discovered the books. So let, let's forget about the first episode of the show. <laughs> right, right. Then I discovered the, then I discovered the books, and I think I accidentally read the second one first. I Blood of Elves is the first, the second one. It's the first of the saga. Yeah, it's the first novel. But there's two short story books that are pre dates it chronologically so right. i mean you were still on point yeah okay. it's it's so, you can so start was, in was, either of those places it really doesn't matter that much but yeah okay but yeah so and that explains why my intel on books are on um, all the book lore isn't exactly perfect because i like bit i like shot through those and i'll i shot through like as much of the witcher books as i could in like two weeks so i didn't like dissect it or and i haven't read them since but i sped through sped read everything sped listened to everything while i was working over like two or three weeks and um really it's just gotten to the point where i've just been listening to this podcast listening to other things about it playing the game and just really and and really it just all boils down to when i really fell in love with the witcher was when i found out it was more than just Geralt's story and this world and this story and this story it was you actually got to learn about the world and the creatures, right? Which is yeah. what really got me because um, I would have to say my fate, my favorite creature design-wise is obviously Alessian because <laughs> okay, my my favorite uh, monster, real-world monster is a Wendigo, and they resemble modern portrayals of yeah. They represent a modern portrayal of a Wendigo more than anything not not an original portrayal but that's a different that's a different bridge will burn when we get to it mm-hmm. but um it was also like um learning more about their stories with werewolves like how where werewolves transformations depend on if they're a tran a reborn werewolf or something like or other things and just the Witcher is so much more than just Geralt's story and what's going on and Ciri's story and what's going on. There is actual real world and self-created knowledge from the author into these creatures that really made me fall in love with it. It's that every single 
even down to the last rule you kill, there is something about that creature that makes it what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's part you know? of why Toasty and I enjoy doing the bestiary episodes so much is because mm-hmm. the monsters are really interesting and they are, some of them are more in line with their real world inspirations and some of them are just way out there. And then of course the real world inspirations for a lot of those things are, you know, steeped in all sorts of weird mythology or whatever and yeah it like i i love the monster aspect of the witcher and the fact that you know a, a you know monster hunter going around and who isn't respected by anybody but he needs to be there because he's saving people's lives you know there's something that's really fun about that dynamic yeah and you know with the monsters and everything on top of it is um you know it does it does kind of it was also kind of Geralt's story that got me cuz i always enjoy not quite anti-heroes like Dead, Deadpool's cool and all, but I like heroes who don't get recognition. I guess like you could persecuted say. heroes. Persecuted heroes. I, I guess you. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's what I'd say. I and I enjoy the heroes who are doing the right thing and getting wrong for it. Mm-hmm. Same way as I enjoy villains who do the wrong thing just because it's the wrong thing. Right, right, I, I right. don't like redeemable villains. I don't like villains who are like, oh, I'm doing this because this is what I think it's right. I like villains who say, like the Joker, I like villains who just want to screw things up. Yeah, chaotic evil. Chaos. Right, right. Yeah, chaotic evil here. Yeah. And Geralt is just, I, I think, probably one of the best characters because he is legit of what would probably actually happen to a hero. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I think that's I think that's something a lot of people can identify with, like going out of your way to do something good and then feeling like you get punished for it. Like, I feel like that's something that happens in a lot of our lives, you know, like oftentimes to do the morally upstanding thing does require sacrifice and is often misunderstood by other people. Like they will assume that you, you're doing it for some other reason, some other selfish reason when you're actually just trying to do the right thing. And that like, I think that's something we can all identify with and is extremely frustrating and is a form of sacrifice. Like the, the hero's journey, the, the concept of, you know, an individual having to go through some form of self-sacrifice, uh, you know, the Christ-like motifs in literature, all of those kinds of things. That's a version of that. It's just a version where the suffering happens during the story, like continually rather than at an, an end point where they're killed or something. And that can even happen, too. Right. So, yeah, I, I think you're hitting on something there that is uh is very compelling about Geralt as a character um, and the way that that world works, the way that like people aren't gen generally thankful for the, the actual things he's doing and trying to do the right thing most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the simplest answer for your question is when did I fall in the Witcher? I think it was that five minute frame between when you kill the Griffin in Witcher three and you return to the uh, village just to get hounded on by a couple of citizens. It was that five minute fr- time frame where you not only do you kill an important creature and learn a lot of cool stuff about it, you get back to tomatoes in your face. <laughs> right. And it's, it, I would say it was that five minute time frame where I'm just like, not only does it have cool creatures, it's got real realistic Christ like situational heroic motifs. I love that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that, that all what, is yeah. awesome. Totally agree. Toasty, do you have any questions or anybody else? Any thoughts on any of this stuff? It's neat that you got into it during Witcher 3. Ben, were you going to chime in? Yeah, I was going to ask if you had a chance to play Witcher 1 or 2. See, that that's what I'm upset Witcher about. Witcher 1, I, 
I understand you don't have to go back to Witcher 1 because that is a tough game to play nowadays. Just wait for the remake. To Eggs, out, so. Yes, just wait for the remake. Witcher 2 is that, that, very similar to 3, except 3 being a little bit more fluid and refined. But that's about it. Yeah, that's honestly what, I was, what Toasty was saying is what I'm probably going to do is I'm probably just going to wait for the first remake and then try and get the second one. Because right now, I think just replaying three, reading the books, listening to podcasts like this is going to be enough Witcher for me. Like, eventually, I'll pick up the tabletop games. Um, and funny and funny enough, like, another thing that got me interested in The Witcher is Magic the Gathering. I don't know if anybody's heard about that. It's kind of this weird, obscure card game. Probably nobody's ever heard of it. <laughs> it's been out since the it's 80s. Like one of the most popular card games <laughs> ever <laughs> created. Sure. Not yeah. Obscure. <laughs> yeah. So, what actually also six? <laughs> so, what kind of kicked me into that is I actually stopped listening, paying attention to the story of Magic the Gathering because they killed off one of my favorite characters. They killed off Tibble. I can never be, I can never forgive them. Um, but uh, before, around that time, they there was a lot of secret layer stuff. I don't know if you've heard about secret layers. It's when the actual company mm-hmm. is releasing product. It's a messed up thing. But they were talking about Witcher secret layers being a possibility because they're doing all these universe beyond stuff like doctor who and all that yeah they had the and lord I'm of the like, rings thing recently too yeah yeah lord of the rings too yeah they announced like 10 new crossovers and it's yeah oh isn't there like a fallout or elder scrolls one coming fallout. also yeah, yeah. um yeah Fantasy, they announced final, Assassin's fantasy. Creed, final fantasy which is probably the one that's going to kill me I mean, it obviously uh, works for them. It's bringing more people into the card game. Uh, it was it tempted yeah. me to try. I, I almost bought into the Lord of the Rings one because I wanted to play it digitally. But then there, if they had packaged it as a like, here's a starter deck with some extra packs, but they didn't package it like you just have to buy packs and then you have to jump in the deep end. And I was like, uh, I, I need a what's, little bit more because it has been since I was in high school that I tried <laughs> Magic the Gathering. What's like, really dumb is the digital version of the game is as almost expensive as the physical version right. of the game. That's yeah. Like, yeah. Wizard, yeah. stop. Yeah, if it was a little bit more new new player friendly and less of cost prohibitive, I would have I would have given it a try. But when I yeah. looked at everything, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to have to spend how much just to get enough decks, to, like just enough cards to try to build a deck. And it's even even that's just going to be crappy. Like, I don't know. Eh. Yeah. And the thing is, they're doing all this Final Fantasy Assassin's Creed stuff. I'm like, where's my Witcher set? Like. We know Witcher takes place in a multiversal story. Like we know that there's multiple universes in the Witcher. So for for them to do crossovers, they have to get authorization from publishers uh, of said franchises. So Mm -hmm. with Witcher, everything is through CD Projekt. Um, Andrei Sapkowski only owns the book uh, rights of the books, and I think. He owns partial with the Netflix series. Yeah, he gave a lot away to CD Projekt. Everything else is game. Anything game related is CD. And CD Projekt's one of them companies where they're not like, they'll hand them out here and there, but like. They're very careful with their their IPs. Yeah. 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 They've, they've done board games. Like I have, there's a Witcher board game called The Old World that just came out um, not long ago. Um, but they were like CD Project was in, involved with the entire project. Wizard of the Coast would not give them any involvement. Yeah, yeah maybe, I, maybe. I mean, they also have Gwent. They had Gwent for a while, but Gwent's not going to be mm-hmm. a big standalone card game. And no, yeah. So 
there's that. Jen, you said you had a story about Magic the Gathering? Uh, yeah. I sold my Magic collection from my dad gave it to me as like like okay kid here you go uh, it was about three thousand cards and then i expanded it and expanded it over the years over the years i sold my magic collection to pay for my honeymoon oh wow how much did you get for it sad mm, enough to go on a honeymoon well it sounds like it was i mean that's probably worth it at that point yeah no it's probably it was about for like four grand or something like that okay that just sounds like it paid off like yeah that's cool and you could yeah, always spend four was... grand and get more magic cards again later on in life if you really wanted to yeah i don't know <laughs> won't give you much magic cards now <laughs> not when like there's there's a a card in the lord of the rings set that's well worth over 500k yeah it's ridiculous why because, because it's rare information and people are people there's demand and they oh. purposely made it rare Mm-hmm. like the one There's ring one card do you hear about the yeah. one ring card that one the guy found yeah. and then he sold That's it to uh uh post malone, post malone. Yeah, yeah for over like he bought it for over one million <laughs> yeah two, for two, one two, card two point two million four, two point four yeah that's nuts that's so I mean, crazy I, kudos on the guy who found it and sold it to post malone because yeah. holy crap you don't absolutely have, you don't have to deal with it much anymore Post but, Malone wasn't even the highest bid. I think he sold it po- to Post Malone because Post Malone is like a functioning magic player. Like he plays magic for fun and professionally. But people who are just like scalpers or big business people were offering like three or four million for it. So yeah. this guy, this guy made the least financial choice, but probably the best choice. Hey, I mean, uh, that's still plenty of money. So and it also got mm-hmm. a lot of buzz from the media because of who he sold it to. So there's also that. <laughs> right. So he probably made out pretty good. Um, well, that's cool. I, I, Robot I, radio magic podcast win. <laughs> you have to ask somebody else because I'm, I'm already like, <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but that would actually be really cool. I mean, that's totally in our wheelhouse of kinds of things that people in our audience are into. So, um, yeah, if somebody wants to start that podcast, go for it. Uh, but, yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing. It's, it's so interesting to see different people's stories and what about the series or the games or whatever really draws you in. Um, I agree about the monster thing. I remember being a kid and getting some of my dad's like Lord of the Rings books and his like his first edition advanced Dungeons and Dragons book and like that kind of stuff. And I remember sitting in my bedroom, like high school age, like on the floor in front of my closet, just like looking through the monster manuals or whatever for each of these things. And like, just reading through all that stuff thinking like oh this stuff is so cool and then the witcher comes out and it's like this dude hunts all these monsters and they're even weirder you know and that that's just great i love it so toasty do you have do you have like a like a real quick moment you fell in love with the witcher story uh yeah um i think because i mean i first got i can't even remember the year i think it was 2015 i think um I got Witcher 3 free on Game Pass. Um, so, yeah, yeah, believe it or not, that's the start of the Toasty Witcher story. Yeah. Um, and, like, when I was playing through it, and I thought it was a good game, but, I like, I think the, the thing that really, I think, hooked me was the specifically the, um, like, talking to the crones through the picture. Um or the mural or whatever. Yeah, yeah, where they all look like beautiful ladies and you're like, oh, that's not what they look like. Yeah, I didn't know that yet, but yeah. Um 
but no, it's just like the whole like atmosphere on that was absolutely incredible. Um, and that was kind of like a thing that like hooked me into play it longer. And then, um, a lot of my stuff is like the small moments. So like Priscilla's song specifically was like a big winner. Really? And I think really that moment didn't hit me that hard, but like, it's interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's about it. Like it's, I'm real big on like the small, like, like the small moments or like the character developments in games and always have been. So, um, that's really the stuff that like caught me into the story. Yeah. And then I just started getting into other, like the books and other games from there. So well, that makes sense. I, uh, that stuff is like, it's, it's all very well done, especially by the Witcher three. So I can see why that would be so compelling. I first, uh, my story real quick. I first heard about the Witcher. I was listening to, this is must've been 15 years ago about when Jen got into it. And, um, I was listening to the giant bomb, uh, podcast and Vinny, on giant bomb was talking about the Witcher game that was about to come out and how he was excited about it. And he was learning Polish. And so he got the books shipped to him across the ocean. Cause they weren't out in, there's only maybe one out in the U S and English at that point. Maybe only one of them was translated in English, but he wanted to read through the books before he played the Witcher one. And then he got like super into it and he would tell all these stories about like this really cool series of books that you couldn't read yet unless you spoke Polish. And then the game came out. And so I tried the game a little bit like I didn't get I bounced off it pretty hard because the combat was so uh, it was so janky. (laughs) Let's just be honest. The combat was janky. Um, And for some reason, I, I only got maybe through the first chapter or so at that point. And I just kind of fell off it and didn't didn't jump back in and play it again. Uh, and then The Witcher 2 came out and that got even better reviews. And then I picked that up and just ate up the game. And that was the moment where I was just like, OK, I get I get what they're doing here. This feels a lot better than the first one. And there's some really cool stuff going on with the characters and the story and the monsters and whatever. So that was my moment where I really got invested. And then everything else came from that. So um yeah, so like I didn't I didn't make it all the way through Witcher one. I just you know I ended up going back later and like watching videos about it and catching up on the stories and things from other people's playthroughs, but I just didn't I just didn't have the uh, the patience to get through it. So that's my story. I do want to say I think the Witcher books didn't get English translated till I think like 2008 or 2009. It was yeah, it was one of those things where it was like on the horizon, which is and then I think of the first. Yeah, I think Last Wish came out a like a year or two years before Witcher Two dropped, which is interesting because no one here in in the West like knew anything of Witcher. Yeah, yeah, all brand new stuff, and then. I think it was with Witcher 2, everything skyrocketed. It was like, oh, this is really cool. This is interesting. Right, and right. And you know, Witcher 3 being the number one acclaimed RPG. Yeah, if it wasn't for... Was Witcher? <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it wasn't if it wasn't for Vinny being like super into this weird series that nobody had ever heard of, I wouldn't have even given it a second thought. Unless you was knew Witcher? Polish. Yeah. yeah. Was Witcher 2 ever available on Wii? No, it was 360 no. and uh, PC. Yeah, I don't think it would have run on the Wii. It was it was, it was nope. the same way that like when the Witcher three came out, it was really pushing like hardware really hard. 
especially on PC if you put all it the, would be a whole skyward swords situation. yeah it, it would have run at like 12 frames per second dreadful and it just would have been bad what? yeah skyward what sword year did Witcher 2 come out 2011 2011 what was that? <laughs> I, the math. I, I actually think my first Witcher experience was playing it on my friend's Xbox 360 when his dad told us not to because his dad bought it and oh. it was like a rated M was, game. Oh, it's a very M, M rated game. Yeah, and absolutely. Very, and it was not it was not rated for 14 year old boys. No, so but 14 year old boys we, would probably have loved it. Yeah. yeah so I actually because I remember like core like cog turning core memory unlocked uh-huh. um yeah friend friend and me sneaking down to his basement at 2 a.m to play a video game on the 360 his dad wouldn't let us uh-huh. where we were playing a big strong man with long hair fighting monsters i think i played the witcher 2 on xbox 360 yeah you just didn't realize it one hour at 3 a.m <laughs> that's hilarious that's amazing yeah, yeah. that's that's funny so all right well cool um so we got to wrap this up but one more thing i I let toasty know today that i'm leaving the show it's i've got starfield coming out i've got that podcast i need i've got i'm I'm still stretched you thin with like six shows currently so it's time for me to move on to hand off the reins to somebody else so toasty's going to probably reach out to somebody else maybe as a co-host or something like that it's totally in, in toasty's court and this will usher in a new time for this show and new fun things and different perspectives and stuff like that. So as, as always, this is hard. I mean, this is a lot of fun. If I could do all of these shows and, you know, put all the time into them and hang out with my friends all the time doing this stuff, I would. But this is my career. So I need to I need to make a smart decision here and kind of move on to content that I think is going to progress forward in a, in a different way. So that's what I'm doing. And it's it's hard to say goodbye. But. I'm still going to be around. I'm not really going anywhere. I'll still be on the the Discord server and still be checking out other people's shows on occasion and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but thank you everybody for supporting the show and for being here. And I hope you will continue to support this show, especially with exciting new projects on the horizon, like remaking The Witcher One, and new Witcher games, and wherever the new book coming out. So there's lots of still lots of cool new stuff for The Witcher. So don't worry, the show's not going anywhere. So. Thank you for uh, for being here and just, you know, being a part of this. It's been great. Um, so no sad goodbyes, just, you know, more new stuff differently in the future. Try to look at it that way. So. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up. Why don't we go through everybody and feel free to share other things you've got going on or shout out some stuff, whatever you want to do. Ben, let's start with you. Yeah, so I host some podcasts myself. I am a host of Holocron History, Star Wars Canon versus Legends, to where we take a dive into all things difference between the canon and legends of the Star Wars universe. I am also the host for the Wizarding World Lorecast, where we have a dive into the Harry Potter universe and all things magical. And my newly appointed Final Fantasy Lorecast, where I is a that that's that one's going to be a while just like star wars there's just so much but yeah join <laughs> yeah. i have three of those on the rocket club so it's a lot of fun and ahsoka's out ahsoka yes ahsoka is out first two episodes dropped super excited um it's interesting so far yeah a whole I, other I galaxy thing going on yeah yeah i have thoughts on that and that's all i will say and toasty probably I'm still hasn't... finishing rebels so 
What? Yeah. All right. No, no spoilers I here, am, but tune into Ben's show. Know, I will have you know, Ben, that in the last week I have conce- consumed uh, most of season two, all of season three, and am into season four because I've been trying to get to this show. So Okay. That's fair. So I, I'm doing my work. <laughs> yeah. So go yeah. check out Ben's shows. There's links on <laughs> robotsradio.net if you forgot the names. Just go look on there. Scroll through. You'll find it. Uh, it's the Star Wars one or it's the Final Fantasy one or whatever. <laughs> lots, of, lots of cool stuff. All right. Well, thanks, Ben. Jen, you've got stuff. Or you can find the Cyberpunk one or the Two Girls one. Those are my two shows, Those uh, are also Cyberpunk there. Lorecast, where I co-host with Toasty, and then Two Girls, One Ship, where we analyze video game romances, including those of The Witcher. Yeah, all the good ones. Awesome. All yeah, go check those ones. out. All the best romances. All the juiciest lip-smacky moments. Yeah, and then also some of the worst. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Worst, worst, worst. Yeah, that too. Well, cool. Thanks, Jen. And then Mormon, you got anything? Um, uh, so I'm more, I'm more in Milkman. I'm that on discord. You can, I, you can find me that on most gaming consoles, uh, as well. Um, possibly future co-host or host of a uh, robots radio magic podcast. If that ever happens, Probably dude, go for it. Too, <laughs> I mean, if you know a ton about that stuff and you, and you want to keep, this is the thing that a lot of people say is, is, you know, I totally do a show about this, but I don't know enough. And like Tosi and I don't know everything about the Witcher. I don't know everything about fallout or Lord of the Rings or any of the other shows I do, but I'm constantly learning. And then I'm creating episodes about the stuff that I'm learning. Right. And if you're willing to do that, you can absolutely do a podcast. If, if it's anything be, before the all will be one set, I know a lot about it because that's when they killed Tibble and that's when I stopped caring. So. <laughs> yeah, but you can, you can always read more. Like, you can always update your knowledge, right? And I think that's what the best hosts yeah. do is they, they're constantly learning new things in order to create even more content. So if you have that mindset, absolutely, you could do it. Maybe one day. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck with that. If you decide, if not, that's fine too. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here, everybody. Toasty, you have anything else you want to share? uh jen shouted out our one show i also do the cyberpunk red live play podcast cyberpunk cyberpunk apostrophe d with the fumbling for an almighty crit gang awesome awesome and uh toasty's gonna figure out what what's going on with the show so we'll see maybe you'll have an episode up next week like usual it all depends on, on what you're doing do you have any anything you want to share about that about some of your thoughts or are you just kind of still processing trying to figure shit out so yeah Okay. Well, cool. 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 All right. Well, um, that's, that's going to do it for me. This is going to be the last time I say goodbye. I'm not going to mess up, mess up the outro. I promise I'll say it right. Uh, also, if you want to check out all the other shows that I do, robotsradio.net has links to them. So if you're into the Lord of the Rings, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Mass Effect, or Starfield, because I don't do enough podcasts, that's clearly why I have to transition some of what I'm doing. Uh, you can check out Lorecast about all those different things. Um, and I'd love to have you over there as well. So, uh, but even the shows that I didn't mention on the network are all totally worth checking out. So go check out, if you're into a thing, we've got content for you, most likely, except for you know, Magic the Gathering, because Mormon hasn't created that show yet. All right. Well, thanks for being here, everybody. Uh, Toasty, we'll see you next week. And until then, stay safe on the path. All right. See you all later. Thanks for tuning into the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. 
please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.